Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. Well, hi, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, director of Priests for Life. You know, the movement that President Trump uh, reminds us that we belong to, this MAGA movement, taps into something deep in the human spirit, the thirst for liberty. And therefore, this movement takes root wherever the human spirit is, wherever human beings are. In other words, it takes root worldwide. And I want to point that out here in our program today uh, with a couple of developments that you're aware of, but I want to just take the time to reflect on it a little bit in the light of the Word of God and then bring a few other things to your attention as well. So welcome. This is the program where we not only comment on things that are happening, we pray over them and we look at them from the perspective of God's Word. So going to the Word, I want to start with Psalm 143 tonight and invite you to pray it in your heart along with me. Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my pleas for mercy. In your faithfulness, answer me in your righteousness. Enter not into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. For the enemy has pursued my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me sit in darkness like those long dead. Therefore, my spirit faints within me. My heart within me is appalled. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Hide not your face from me, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. I have fled to you for refuge. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit guide me on level ground. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring my soul out of trouble. And in your steadfast love, you will cut off my enemies. You will destroy all the adversaries of my soul, for I am your servant. Let us pray. Father, this prayer arises from your human family throughout the world. We are your servant. We are oppressed by all those who worship government instead of worshiping God by all those who do not respect the thirst of the human spirit for freedom, by all those who do not respect the dignity of every human life, born and unborn. Lord God, the spirit of your people 
reaches out for your spirit. The soul of your people longs for your touch, your help, your blessing, your life. For only in your life, O oh God, do we have life. And we thirst for you in order to be able to live our lives in a tranquil way, in peace and in order. In order that we may organize ourselves politically, Lord God, we need you, your wisdom, your word. Enable us to take hold of that here in America and throughout the world. We pray through the author of life and the author of liberty, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You know, as we often say here, friends, the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And that's why God's people around the world are, are tired of oppressive regimes. This movement that we see that in America elected President Trump, and I believe will do so again, despite the howling of the left, is a movement that is electing around the world people who similarly are tired of the oppression of government bureaucracies, but who believe in the human spirit, who believe in the dignity of human life, who want politics to serve the people instead of the other way around. I always go back to that inaugural address of President Trump where he said this is not about the transfer of power from one party to another, but transfer of power from Washington to you, the people. We see that happening in other parts of the world. And I want to comment on a few of those examples. Javier Millet, one of the most unlikely presidential victories in modern history recently happened in Argentina. I don't know how closely you've followed this, uh, but this man is, um, is uh, many are making a comparison of him with, with President Trump. And uh, he um, took about 56% of the total vote of millions of, uh, of people in Argentina. His rival was a socialist. He got about 44%. I want to show you, first of all, uh, President Trump sent a nice word of congratulations to him. Uh, let's take a look at that for a moment. A very special congratulations to Javier Malay on a great race for president of Argentina. The whole world was watching, and I am very proud of you. You will turn your country around and truly make Argentina great again. Congratulations. One of the papers there uh, wrote, Argentina is experiencing the same electoral riot that we've seen in other Western countries. That was from the November 3rd in the Buenos Aires Herald. Well, good. Someone else observed how, how the far right, the far right has captured a segment of the public and it's revolting against the political establishment. That was Pablo Stefanoni. Well, good. This is the human spirit objecting to political oppression no matter where it is. Now, we're fortunate in America to have a constitution and a declaration of independence, which I believe better than any other, embodies the principles of liberty and the mechanisms to preserve liberty. But that doesn't mean that the thirst for liberty is only going to be found under that constitution. The thirst for it is in the human spirit. The reason our constitution and our declaration 
have been so stable and so successful is precisely because they speak to the yearnings that are in the human heart put there by the Word of God. And so that human spirit will flourish best where those principles are acknowledged by our government leaders and preserved by constitutions like ours. And and many of the principles there, of course, other nations yearn to to incorporate as well, and other political leaders will will tie into that thirst for, for freedom. Now, things have gotten pretty bad in Argentina. The inflation rate was in, get this, triple digits, triple digits inflation. Poverty rate has been above 40%. So like we've said very often, like commentators like Dan Bongino say, you know, things are, when things get bad enough, we've commented on this a lot, then people began, begin to wake up and say, okay, this is enough. Now this is really hurting me personally. Uh, we, we've got to do something to change this. And that's where some will get active in voting for the right people who maybe have not been voting uh, before. What does Javier Millet there in Argentina want to do? Let me read some of the policy uh, uh, points here. Abolishing Argentina's central bank, slashing government spending, eliminating a whole slew of government ministries. Now, again, bureaucracy, our constitution, does is not favorable to have some kind of bloated government bureaucracy. The power is in the people. And so getting rid of various government ministries is something that he's passionately devoted to. In fact, let me show you how passionately devoted to this he is. He went up on a, on a whiteboard where there were the, uh, uh, the little, I guess, magnetized uh, uh, stickers of the various, all these different agencies in the Argentine government Look what he did. Look how look how he expressed the fact that, you know, listen, this is this is about the people. This is not about government bureaucracy. Take a look at this video. Equipo y deporte. Afuera. Ministerio de Cultura. Afuera. Ministerio de Ambiente y Desarrollo Sostenible. Afuera. Ministerio de las Mujeres y Género y Diversidad. Afuera. Ministerio de Obras Públicas. Afuera. Aunque te resistas. Ministerio de Ciencia y Tecnología e Innovación. Afuera, Ministerio de Trabajo, Empleo y Seguridad Social. Afuera, Ministerio de Educación, Adoctrinamiento. Afuera, Ministerio de Transporte. Afuera, Ministerio de Salud. Afuera, Ministerio de Desarrollo Social. Afuera, se acabó el curro de la política. ¡Viva la libertad, carajo! The thievery of politics. Notice where this man is coming from. But first of all, you know, some people look at that passion. And what goes through their minds is this is this is this is a crazy guy. This is an unhinged person. And some of them will say the same thing about President Trump. You don't get it. You don't get it. We need the passion in our political leaders. I don't want robots, automatons, uh, uh, wimpy people, uh, people who are, are are just spouting words and then you don't know what they mean and then you don't see any results even if you do know what they mean. I don't want any of that. We don't want any of that. And that's not the way you get out from under oppression. That's not the way you change things. That's not the way you give power to the people. You know how you lead. You know how you lead. You have a clear conviction, and then you express it with the passion and the energy that shows that you mean business. 
A person who's going to mean business, he's going to have to fight. There are well-entrenched and established powers. Every country has its deep state. What do you think you're going to get rid of that by 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 uh, uh, offering them candies, and hopefully getting them to to change their mind and relinquish their power over the people? No, you have to go in there with an attitude like you just saw, with a passion like you just saw in that video. God bless this man. He wants to reduce the number of ministry ministries they're called these agencies from eighteen to eight. And he says that these ministries are on the chopping block and all they do is indoctrination. Sound familiar? He doesn't want government indoctrination. He wants government ministries no more than needed to serve the people. It's a conservative revolution that's taking place. Um... CNN had a report on uh, on uh, November the 20th. Make Argentina great again. They went on to report, Millet's political program includes slashing regulations on gun control and transferring authority over the penitentiary system to the military. Tough on crime approach. He proposes, furthermore, using public funds to support families who choose to educate their children privately. Again, sound familiar? President Trump's support of school choice. Again, very biblical, the rights of parents over their children. The right to be protected from indoctrination. This is a worldwide thirst, brothers and sisters. Worldwide movement. Privatizing the health sector which is in Argentina has always been in public hands. And furthermore, privatizing the state-owned media. These are all moves in the right direction. And it is also a revolution against abortion, against sexual diversity and gender equality policies. Over the last few years, Argentina actually has been at the forefront of guaranteeing these fake and destructive rights in a left-wing government. When it comes to our, to, to abortion, uh, for example, Millet said, uh, well, this is, not, this is not the woman's body. And scientifically, this is exactly right. You're talking about a woman's right over her own body. Yeah, if you want to talk about her own body, even those rights have limits. You can't lay down in the middle of a highway. In fact, you can't even stand up in an airplane while you're taxiing down the, the, towards the runway. But this is not even your body. It's a different baby. It could be a different gender, different genetic characteristics, different blood type and blood system. This is a different person. How can you claim in the name of privacy and autonomy to kill somebody else? Doesn't work. And here we've got a political leader that recognizes that. Praise God. Now, 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 now there have been other you know we're we're seeing this this movement for human liberty is, is the best way to describe it in arising in other countries as well recently there was another electoral victory like this in the netherlands the right wing populist party of geert wilders his victory appeared apparently was based on his campaign to curtail migration 
and to tackle problems like the cost of living crisis and housing shortages in the Netherlands. Again, how bad is it for the people in order to realize, okay, we need a change of leadership? Wilders, in his victory speech, says he wants to end what he calls the asylum tsunami. Again, pointing to the migration problem. And then his party, by the way, Party of Freedom, Party of Freedom, um, won 37 uh, seats, which is very significant in their legislature, as opposed last time to just 17. And reminiscent, again, of make Argentina great again, make America great again, he said the Dutch will be number one again. You notice the theme here. And, and all of this, see, all of this should be... Uh, complementary at the same time. In other words, we want every country to focus, first of all, on being the greatest country they can be. That's what's best for the world. Every country focusing on achieving their own greatness, because isn't that what Scripture tells us about our own individual calling? God calls each of us from all eternity to be whom He wants us to be, and to do what he wants us to do in this life. It's our individual vocation of service to him, to the community, to our neighbors, to the church, to the kingdom of God. And so the best way we serve others is to make sure that we are becoming the best that we are called to be. That's why this, this nationalism, as some will, will call it, is really a spirit very consistent with the Word of God in as much as we say, you know, it's like the parables of the talents. Lord, you've given me talents. I'm responsible in the time you give me to serve and live in this world to take those talents and to do what? Make them pay off. Multiply them. We're not talking here just about economic prosperity, although that will be a result of a lot of this. We're talking about responsibility to grow into the best version of you that you can be. And if that's true on an individual level, well, then it's, it, then it's, 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 it's just as true when you have a whole bunch of individuals organized together politically. It's true of a nation. The Dutch will be number one again. That's the kind of leadership you want to have. That's the kind of leadership you want to have. Hungary, uh, and I'm going to get back to this person in a moment, Viktor Orban, uh, I'm privileged to know him and have, to have been with him at various meetings in which we were discussing uh, the right to life and, and, and other basic human rights. Um, in the UK, Nigel Farage. Uh, in Brazil, Bolsonaro. In Italy, the first female prime minister, uh, Georgia Maloney. Um, in the UK, there was Prime Minister Liz Truss. She was suspiciously cast aside for an establishment favored person. But nonetheless, you see in all these countries and all these people and all these leaders examples of what I'm saying here, that there is this rising up. People are rejecting the left. It's been around long enough worldwide for people to see the lies on which it's based. Because friends, it doesn't correspond to human nature. That's why this goes beyond the American political movement. We're talking about things when the left comes up uh, and says it's a right to kill a baby. When the left comes up and, and talks about government domination instead of personal initiative and flourishing by educating your own children the way you want to educate them or, 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 or starting a business and letting it grow without government regulations choking you, suffocating you. It, this is talking about the human spirit. 
not just what a particular constitution or political movement or political leader. And that's why we're seeing this happening, well, wherever there are human beings. That's what this is meant to teach us. So God bless all these leaders. Let, let's pause here and do what we always do. Let's pray over the, over the news and, and ask God's blessings on these people. Lord God, whether it's in the UK, in Hungary, or in the United States, Lord, wherever it may be, that leaders are coming forward and saying, no, the power belongs to the people. We are freedom-loving individuals. We are to be a freedom-loving nation. Wherever there are leaders, Lord, who take enough pride in their nation to be able to say to you, Lord, you've given us talents, you've given us gifts, you've given us opportunities, and we've done our best to make the most of those and to, to give it back to you tenfold, twentyfold, a hundredfold. Lord, this is your word to us that using the freedom we have and working diligently with the gifts we've been given, we together become the best we can be. Lord, we ask your blessing on these leaders and on the people who have chosen them in, in a multitude of nations. And we ask for your protection and strength. Because Lord, these victories don't happen without the rage of the other side rising up at the same time. The rage of the devil who's not interested in freedom, but is interested in oppression and in destroying us. Lord God, that is why your son Jesus Christ, when he came to this world, opened up the prophet Isaiah and read the passage where it said, I have come to proclaim liberty to the captives, to let the oppressed go free. Lord God, that, that's your spirit. We don't see that simply as a political movement. That's your spirit. And because it's your spirit and because you made us in your image, it's the human spirit. God, we thank you that people are waking up. We are far, far, far from the kind of victory we need, but Lord, people are waking up. And we ask you that even as we see the left being so destructive and so oppressive in so many disturbing ways and not caring about it, Lord, we would ask that these signs of hope, even though they are resisted wherever they arise and sometimes are temporarily set back, nevertheless would give us confidence and courage, renewed determination, and indeed hope that freedom prevails. That freedom prevails in America, that freedom prevails around the world. Send your spirit, Lord, on these leaders that they might never be intimidated, that they might never compromise, that they might never walk back or turn back or turn around or slow down, no, Lord God, give them more strength, more energy. Give them more of that passion that we saw in that video a few moments ago. And the passion that we see in President Trump every day. Let it be a passion that appears in our own lives and in our own way of speaking and in our own way of voting. Freedom. 
life. Bring it to us, Lord God, we pray, because this is the gift of Jesus Christ and of your Spirit. And it is in his mighty name that we pray. Amen. So just a couple of other comments, friends. You saw the debate last night, or I'm sure many of you saw it, of DeSantis and Gavin Newsom. Two governors, two very different philosophies, two very different states. I'm broadcasting to you from here in Florida, where I live. We are very grateful to have Governor DeSantis here. And and California is falling apart as it has been for a long time. And um, what a mess. What a mess. Where the Democrats rule, the people perish. The people groan. The people moan. One of my observations from last night on the issue that I deal with all the time. Sean Hannity brought up the issue of abortion and something that Gavin Newsom said was not surprising. It's a talking point of the left. I want to help you to deal with it when you hear it. The challenge given to him by Sean Hannity's question is a question that should be asked of every Democrat candidate. Do you, would you support any limits on abortion? I mean, that's a reasonable question. And if so, what limits would you support? Because the Democrats have introduced legislation like the Women's Health Protection Act on a federal level that would take away any limits on abortion. Any limits. I mean, we're talking about you know how far into the pregnancy should a mother be allowed to abort her child? How far? Exactly. Four months, five months, six months, seven months, eight months, all the way till birth. The Democrat policy is all the way till birth. So it's fair to ask these candidates, and we must ask them, okay, you tell us, you tell us, what, what's your limit? And he wouldn't, he wouldn't say. Then none of them are ever able to say. Because they would be going against their base if they admit of any limitation on abortion whatsoever. But then they go and answer a different question. Instead of answering, would you put a limit, in other words, a legal limit, you think it should be legal to abort a healthy baby carried by a healthy mother in, let's say, the seventh week of pregnancy? Do you or do you not think that should be legal? That's a fair question. They can't give a yes or no answer to that. They start answering a different question, which is how often do these circumstances arise? Who is looking for an abortion at that time? Or under what circumstances is it? Is it a health emergency? Is it a life-threatening emergency? But those aren't the questions. I was talking to a reporter just today. And, oh, you know, it seems like the Democrats want to make uh, abortion their main issue. They think they can win in 2024 on abortion. Listen, I invite them. I, I welcome them making abortion their main issue. But do it honestly. That's my challenge to them. You want to talk about abortion? Well, then stop pretending to talk about abortion and instead talking about women's health and women's rights and freedom and and talk about abortion. In other words, describe what you defend. Do you ever ask these people how an abortion is done? How well-developed the baby is? You look at the medical textbook on abortion. I've talked to you about this before many times. And you see the words dismember and decapitate. Dismember and decapitate. You're talking about arms and legs. A human body that's literally being torn apart while the baby is alive. A human heart. 
that is made to stop. This is not pretty. They don't want to talk about that. Oh, my goodness. No, no, no. No, no. I, I, I don't want to talk about that. Of course they don't want to talk about it. Well, then you're not talking about abortion. So stop playing games with the American people. Stop lying. Stop manipulating. Stop deceiving. Stop it already. I welcome a debate about abortion because if you really are honest, you're going to talk about abortion. And you're not going to pretend to talk about it and talk about something else. Oh, it happens rare. These late-term abortions happen rarely. Oh, really? Look it up. Alan Guttmacher Institute, the main a main research body on abortion in the in the in the United States, used to be affiliated with Planned Parenthood. They have statistics on abortions. Take 16 weeks into the pregnancy, four months, right? How many abortions do you think in America happen after 16 weeks? Well, look it up on the Alan Guttmacher website. You'll see it's about 46,000. How about later abortion? 21 weeks. 21 weeks. So let's go after, let's go five months and beyond into the pregnancy. How many abortions do you think? The Gavin Newsom and the Democrats, cowards that they are because they don't really want to talk about abortion will tell you, oh, 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 but this is extremely rare. First of all, that's not the question. The question is, should it be legal? And under what circumstances should it be legal? What limitations would you give on it? You know how many abortions take place 21 weeks or beyond into the pregnancy? 21 weeks or beyond into the pregnancy. How many do you think? 11,000 a year in America. 11,000. Rare, right? Oh, hardly ever happens, right? And it's not just because of health reasons. Yeah, sure. You want to make abortion uh, the main issue, Democrats? Be my guest. As a matter of fact, meet me there in this discussion. You people don't want to be honest. You're liars. You're corrupt in conscience. You don't see anything wrong with ripping the arms and legs off a baby. You people are a disgrace. Oh, yeah, we're going to win on abortion. Not if you're honest. And you're not going to win by being dishonest either because we're going to expose you. Brothers and sisters, this is what we have to say to the Democrats when it comes to this issue. So that's all the time we have for today. Let's go back into prayer. Let's pray about this crucially important issue. And let's ask God's blessing on your all your prayer needs as well. Father, we uh, are you know that our declaration that the right to, to live, to exist, is a self-evident truth. It's a right given by you, the Creator, and it's a right that government is meant to secure. Government doesn't give us this right. It secures it. It protects it. Father, the Democrats don't want to do this. They don't want to protect the right to life. They want to protect... They want to protect the fake right to abortion. There is no right to kill a baby. Thank you, Father, for the efforts that so many people make to reach out to moms who are afraid to be moms, dads who are afraid to be dads. The work of the pro-life movement in bringing into being four times as many pregnancy centers as there are abortion clinics in America. Thank you, Lord, for that. May we continue to serve the needs 
of our brothers and sisters. Lift them up. Bring us a culture of life. We pray now in the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, have a great weekend. Good to be with you tonight. Spread the word about Praying for America. Watch President Trump tomorrow. He'll be making some important comments uh, uh, in um, uh, his, you'll see it on Right Side Broadcasting uh, uh, Network, uh, his public remarks tomorrow. And uh, we'll be covering that and commenting on that next week. Join us again on Monday, and we'll talk to you soon. Hello, this is Father David Begany. Like many priests, I am inspired and always learning from the Ministry of Priests for Life, which is one of the largest and most visible pro-life organizations in the world. This ministry relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priests for Life generously? Go today to ProLifeGift.org and give as generous a gift as you can. Thank you so much and be assured of our daily prayers for you. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.